0: Welcome to Digging Out with Adassa Jacobs. Each week, we dig out Hebrew words from the weekly Torah portion, jewels of understanding that help us dig out of our problems, find solutions, and make milestone tweaks in our lifestyle so we can believe, perceive, and become everything God has destined for us to be. So let's get started. I'll see you in this week's podcast. Shalom, shalom. Thank you so much for joining me for our second episode of Digging Out. I promised you in the last podcast that we would talk about the last day of creation, the seventh day. Actually, it's post-creation because everything was created by the sixth day. However, the last day, the seventh day, was the day that God did not create or make anything. And the scripture in the Hebrew calls it Shabbat. Shin tav, Shabbat. So we're going to talk about Shabbat. Now in the last podcast, I shared with you also insights on tohu Vivohu. When the earth was without form, void, in a state of chaos, ruin, desolation. For those negative energy forms to be neutralized and reversed, God released two things. His spirit, his ruach, and his word. He spoke. Amar, devar, he spoke. Word in Hebrew comes from the root, Debar, and uh, words are Debarim. It's also considered things or even thoughts. And when God speaks, the Hebrew word is Amar, spoken. So it was the release of his spirit and the spoken word. Now, through these two manifestations, God began and completed the process of creating his house, or a house, a dwelling place, for mankind. Today, I believe it's the popular word, humankind, all right? So, mankind, humankind, the point is that he was creating a dwelling place, a house for us, and he finished it, all in six days. Now, I have a video on that And the link is uh, included below, so make sure you click on that if you want to learn more about the six days. And there's so much about it. Again, I'm just going to be giving you real short snippets, because each of these subjects are so deep, so wide, so high, we could spend a lifetime there. Well, we don't want to do that. This is just a podcast. (laughs) All right, so let's keep going. Okay. So before we get to this seventh day, the Shabbat, I want to take a look at the process of building a sustainable earth for man and woman, of course. First, God had to break through the darkness, the obstacle that inhibited his ability to see what existed beneath all the negative forces. Hence, his spirit hovered upon the face of the earth, the face of the waters. It sat there incubating a life form until it was ready to be exposed or birthed. How long? We don't know. Did this form or planet exist before? Possibly. There's evidence that it might have. So this means that if it did, that God was hovering, he was repairing and restoring a mass that was previously destroyed or in a state of ruins. So whether God was birthing the earth for the first time or he was repairing it and restoring it to bring it forth once again, his first step was incubation. Now, that's the first step for all of us when we have an idea, we have a vision, We have a desire to accomplish something. And let me say, if you've been incubating a vision, a dream, an idea, before it can come forth, you have to break through. You have to break through your self-doubt, your unbelief, your fears, and all of that outside negative noise that keeps you from seeing the next step. That's what God did, and he made us in his image. So let's learn and follow his lead. Now, when the earth was ready to be brought forth out of the waters, God, Elohim, he spoke. And when he spoke, he sent vibrations, positive energy, and that energy... Was connected to three Hebrew letters, the Aleph, the Vav, and the Resh. And when you put them together, they spell the word light. Or one word, one act, his first act broke through the darkness, separated the darkness from light. And now God could see, he could see the waters he knew exactly what his next step was, which was separating the waters from the waters. Thus, he created the atmosphere, the breathing room that he needed to continue his work. So this was another level or degree of separation from darkness. So in your life, it can be that one act That one word, I can do this. Let's do this. I am going to make that call today. I'm going to take that step today. I'm going to find out what I need to do. That one action that will once again create even greater clarity for you as to what the next step in realizing your dreams, your vision, your ideas, your hopes, your purpose, all of that begins with that one act. And so God created that space for himself to keep going. And on the third day, God spoke again. This time he moved the waters. He created boundaries for waters. He actually opened up a space for his next act. So moving the waters off of his foundation what he had been working on, what he had been hovering over for who knows how long, was this third level of separation, a level that was necessary for his vision and purpose to be realized. This process, as I just mentioned, created boundaries, boundaries that were imperative for God to focus on raising up his foundation and building his house. And it is the same for us. Once we understand our purpose, once we begin to realize our dream, we have to create boundaries. Otherwise, just one word from someone can get us completely sidetracked. I know, from a lot of experience. So boundaries become vital to purpose. So in these four steps, incubating vision, speaking light, creating an atmosphere for existence, setting up boundaries so it could flourish. In these four steps, we see the process that is crucial to realizing every vision. The manifestation Of every dream, your dreams, God's dreams, my dreams, our dreams. Now the next three days, God dressed the earth. He covered its nakedness. He created everything necessary to sustain and multiply life, including a solar system. He created all living things from grass to plants to trees to animals that would inhabit the land, the sea, the air. And finally, his crowning touch, his jewel, Adam, man, Adam and Chaveh, man and woman, who he made in his image and likeness. Each step of the process was strategic to building a house that would stand the test of time, a house that could continue from generation to generation, vidor, vidor. And upon its completion, God didn't think of one more thing to do. He didn't take out his notepad or his iPhone reminder and start listing the next 30 tasks that he needed to make it perfect. No, he did something very unexpected. He finished the doing of what he did, what he made. As we read in the Torah, Kivoh Shabbat Mikol melechto. What's interesting about that phrase that I just read to you, let me read it again. Kivoh Shabbat, you hear the word Shabbat, all right, Mikol melakto. So when you read the English, it says because he then rested, right, from all his work. However, we have a very interesting word here that doesn't appear in chapter one. Uh, in fact, we have two interesting words, of course, the first being Shabbat, but the last being the word for work. Now, in Hebrew, the word for work Uh, usually is confined to avodah, or very often you'll see the word asa made or did. So in this case, we have the word melechto. And the word melechto is coming from a root word, melek, which is the word for messenger, representative, angel, even theophanies, angels that manifest themselves as humans. It also means to dispatch as a deputy. And we're going to see very soon, like in one more verse, where all of a sudden the word or the name of God appears in the text. It is not present at all in the first chapter. And in fact, the rabbis say, That the first three verses of chapter two originally were connected to the first chapter. And when they divided all the chapters up, this is the separation, how it came to be. However, those three verses belong to chapter one. So technically, chapter two would begin with verse four, which says, These are the generations of heaven and of the earth. When they were created in the day that Adonai Elohim made earth and heaven. So we don't see the word Adonai, which is translated in the English Lord. We don't see that word in chapter 1. We see it in chapter 2. After God finishes everything he creates. So going back to this process of completion. And this word, malakto, this word that reveals to us that there is a message in the process of creation. So what's interesting is that this Hebrew work, malakto, is first used here On the seventh day, the day when Hashem, when God, ceased from all his work. When we think of work, we think of labor. We think of the physical or mental exertion we're going to have to put forth, right? So what's interesting, once again, is that the word melakto has the root of messenger, Thus, it appears that everything God created was for the purpose of sending a message and revealing something that was hidden. And maybe God brought forth the earth to reveal himself. Hence, he finishes this process, the process he put in motion with what is called Shabbat. Shabbat means to cease, to desist, to sit down, to rest and celebrate the fruits of your labor. It is a process of completion. And even if a project isn't completed, God is saying that I want you to work towards completion for six days. But on the seventh day, I want you to stop, cease. I want you to reset. Focus on me because I am the one that gives you the thoughts, the ideas. I am the one that gives you the ability to get wealth, that gives you the ability to accomplish a dream, I want you to stop so I can repair. I can give you rest. I can rebuild. I can bring you to the place where you can begin again with confidence on the eighth day, or again, the first day, however we want to look at it. And this is such an important concept, such a concept that is so lost in our time and in humanity. We are so busy. We don't stop. We just keep going. We don't rest. And we're like gerbils in that perpetual wheel that never has time to examine or look back at all that we did during the week. And this is what God wants us to do. This is what He did. He looked back. He said that His work was very good. Now, there was going to be a lot more involvement in the future because He has just completed something that's going to require His attention and care 24 7. However, He stops, and He stops every single week in uh, every Jewish home, in the land of Israel, God stops. And what does he do? He turns his attention to our restoration. This is what he's looking for. Relationship and restoration. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to be revived. He wants us to be happy and enjoying the fruit of our labor. I also think there's something very significant that is taking place in this process. God is looking back on what he's created, this magnificent creation. And he is now resetting his mindset his thought, his nature, his character, so he can envision what's going to happen next. And I think, once again, Shabbat is so important for also reflection and then once again stepping into envisioning what's going to happen the next week. That reset gives you the page. You know, I want to say kind of like if you reset your iPhone or you reset your computer, right? You start it over again and all of a sudden things work better. They just work better. One of my answers to so many uh, people's questions when they call me, my computer doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. My phone isn't working, blah, blah, blah. I say, to do you turn it off and start it again? And nine times out of ten, when they do that, it's up and running. And that's really what's happening here with the Shabbat. So let's recap. On Shabbat, when God rested, he also did two things. First of all, He poured His Spirit, His Ruach HaKodesh, His Spirit of Holiness, into the earth. Why did He do this? Because He wanted to ensure His presence filled every void. And through His Spirit, He was accessible to all of His creation. We also see in this text, the word in English, honorable and honored, kavod kavod. We see this word kavod, which means weighty, heavy. And that's what his presence is. It's, it's weighty. It's not a molecular structure like all of his creation. So it can break through it and manifest in in something very tangible. However, with that said, we also understand that Kavod is connected to glory. And Hashem tells us in the Nevi'im and the Prophets, in the book of Yeshiyahu, and also with uh, Ezekiel, we find that in Jeremiah, and I think we can go on, there so many, but God emphasizes the fact that there's going to come a day when his, the whole earth, is going to be filled with his kavod, filled with his glory. We also find by pouring his spirit into the earth, he sealed all of his creation with his name. We learn that in verse number four, when now we are not just reading about the creation through Elohim, but in the day when Adonai Elohim, the Lord God created the heavens and the earth. So we now know that not only was he the creator, but he has just become the the master. He has just become the homeowner. He has just become Adonai, the Lord over all of his creation. And Adonai is his name. So he seals the earth and everything he creates with his name. So now he's not just the creator, but also the master of the universe. The other thing he did was he sanctified this day. Khadosh. He set it apart. Just like the process Uh, that he starts from the very beginning of creation where he he separates light and dark, he separates, uh, we find with the tree of good and evil, even good and evil, he separates the waters from the waters, the land from the waters, etc., etc. Male from female, he separates. Well, chadosh also means to sanctify, to elevate. So when he... Creates the Shabbat, he sanctifies it, the Torah teaches us. It uses the word Kadosh. He makes it holy. We don't see that he makes Sunday holy, Monday holy, Tuesday holy, Wednesday holy, Thursday holy, or Friday holy. But starting Friday evening to Saturday evening, he makes that time period, that 24 hours he separates it out from that which is common from the work week and he places into it the activity of rest now isn't that strange that I use the word activity because rest really is putting yourself in a in a place where there is no motion You're resting, right? You're lying uh, in, in a sublime state upon the bed. But in this case, it doesn't mean complete inactivity. It means ceasing and desisting from creation, from creating, from doing in that sense. It's a time when God wants you, as I've already mentioned, to be in a place where you can... You can receive restoration. You can receive what your body needs, what your mind needs, what your family needs, what your friends need, what your community needs. You can receive it in preparation for the next week. And God gave this gift to all of mankind. We see the institution develop as God develops uh, the Jewish people through Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and brings the nation of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land, which is the land of Israel today. So we see this. However, we must understand that God sets this in motion for the benefit of all humanity. Now the last thing I want to say today is I want to take you to the book of Isaiah, Yeshiahu 58. And I just want to share one last insight because we see this connection between the Shabbat and creation, not just here in Genesis 2, but throughout the whole of the Torah and the the whole Tanakh, the prophets and the writings, we see it completely connected. But in this particular case, we see something even more uh, insightful about that connection. So let's go there. Now, Isaiah 58 is known as the fasting chapter. And it's God speaking to Israel regarding the fast of Yom Kippur and the hypocrisy of their heart, where their fasting asking God to take care of their needs when they are not taking care of the needs of others. So we find that this chapter shares insights into fasting. And it says, when God says, this is the fast that I've chosen, he's talking about the fact that he says to the nation, you shall afflict yourself on the day of Yom Kippur. And so on the day of atonement, you are to fast. But the purpose of the fasting becomes readily known as God says, is this not the fast that I have chosen or I have mandated to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. In other words, that through this process you are going to help others and yourself enter into a state of rest. He then goes on to say, is not this fast to deal thy bread to the hungry, to bring the poor into your house, to cover the naked, just like I covered the nakedness of the earth? Is it not uh, so that you don't hide from your own flesh? In other words, he was relating back to Adam and Chaveh, who hid from God, when they were supposed to meet in their morning walk. You know, Adam and God walked together every morning. This morning, Adam hid. And so God's saying, am I not giving you this reprieve, this time of fasting, this time of denial to restore something, to bring about a restoration? He then says, if you fast, with this purpose in mind, my purpose, then your light will break forth as the morning. The darkness will flee, just like in the first day of creation. He says here, your health will spring forth speedily. I will restore your health, your righteousness. You'll get a course correction. So instead of Uh, being off on the wrong path and being self-absorbed, you're going to come back onto the path of righteousness and doing what's right. And that path is going to go before you, and then the kavod, the glory of the Lord, will rest on you. Once again, just like the completion of the creation of the earth, God rested by putting his spirit upon the earth, filling then God says, and then you shall call, Kore. and Adonai will answer. You will cry, and he will say to you, Hineni, here I am. If you take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. So we get a real insight into what that yoke is which is the yoke that is put upon people by others who speak Lashon Hora, evil speaking, negative speaking, slander, lascivious thoughts, actions, and words. And we see that all of this now is coming right back to our mouths, victimhood, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking of things that are vain or empty, hallow. You know, one of the things God really has dealt with my heart about is offering false hope. Now, let me explain that. I want to help everyone, but I don't have the time to help everyone. And so often I'll say, yes, I will help you, or yes, I will do this. But because I don't have the time, and I have to schedule it out, sometimes weeks or months, I realized that just by saying, I can do that, or I will do that for you, and not being able to do it right away, or not following through, I was giving others false hope, false promises. I was speaking vanity, something that was empty. It wasn't going to be able to be fulfilled, or at least not immediately. And God really showed me that that void, that emptiness, that tohu vavohu can exist in our words. Two, And so God's saying, put it all away. And now he continues, you know, let me just continue with that. He, he, he goes on to say, and if you draw out your soul to the hungry and you satisfy the afflicted soul, the soul that also is lacking, and in need of sustenance, then your light will rise in obscurity and darkness shall be as the noonday. It will move the darkness away. It'll be the the sun rising. It might be the sun setting, the moon rising, the point being there will always be light. And notice how all of these aspects are connected to what God did on the first day of creation. He continues to say that he will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought, make fat your bones, you will be like a watered garden and like a spring whose waters fail not. Now, what's interesting is this particular verse is going to be Uh, in the story of the the, in the process of creation, how God plants man in the the garden. But we're not going to go there. Uh, We're talking about the Shabbat. Now the next three verses really bring it home. Verse number 12, and they that shall be of thee. In other words, those that have tapped in to this purpose of fasting, those that have tapped in to my Shabbat, you'll see that in a minute, I have something very God-like planned for you. Because it's you, who shall build the old waste places. You will raise up the foundations of many generations, and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Well, isn't this what we talked about when God was hovering over the earth, that there is evidence that God could have been restoring something, repairing something that had been broken or had been desolated, that was in ruins. And God says, When you become a partaker of my purpose and you enter into this place of rest where you are delighting yourself in me, and here uh, in verse 13, if you turn away thy foot, by the way, foot there and turn away is shuv, shuvah, shuvah is repentance. But turning away means literally uh, separating yourself from that which is keeping you away from God. And also that word regalim there means leaving off lash and or evil speaking. Speaking is also connected to the term regalim, foot. Evil speaking, hora. So God says, if you shuf, if you turn away from that which is separating us, and you turn away from doing your own pleasure on the Shabbat, on my holy day, my Kodesh Yom, Uh, and you call the Shabbat, this time of rest, of restoration, a delight, the holy of Adonai, something so holy to Hashem, if you understand it's kavod, if you call it honorable, and you will honor Hashem on Shabbat, not doing your own thing, not following your own path, nor finding your own pleasures. But what pleases him is we just read concerning what he's looking at when we fast. Not speaking your own words. In other words, leaving off judgment. Not judging others. Not pointing your finger. Not speak, speaking empty words vain words with false hope not speaking rubbishor He says then you shall delight yourself in Adonai and I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth let me say what that means What it means is not only will he elevate you, but it's the way he'll elevate you. He will allow you to foresee things. You'll get a greater grasp on connection. Your vision will become clearer and clearer and clearer. Also, in this elevation, you will gain wisdom and knowledge and understanding. He will make you wiser and more masterful than all of your teachers. This is what Melech David, King David said. This is an elevation of purpose, of character. It's an elevation of God's purpose and your ability to enter into it and become part of it. This is an incredible promise. Then he says he will feed you with the heritage of Jacob thy father. What does that mean? That means you will have access to every single promise that God gave to Jacob and really to Yitzchak and to Avraham. And Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So it's every promise that God gave to the nation of Israel through Moshe Rabbeinu. He's going to feed you with this heritage. He's going to bless you day in and day out. You will be blessed in your going in. You'll be blessed in your going out. You will be blessed in your field. You will be blessed in the handiwork of your hands. Everything you put your hand to, God will bless because you have delighted yourself in Adonai and he is delighting himself in you by engaging with you, connecting you, grafting you into that heritage either by proxy or because you have been born into it, but he's going to put you, culcate all of that blessing in and upon your life. And then it ends, for the mouth of the Lord of Adonai has spoken it. I don't know what to say, but hopefully... I didn't go way out there, and you see this incredible connection to restoration, repairing, and making your life whole the way God did when He ceased from His work and poured His Spirit into the earth and started the process of seven days, six days we work. And on Shabbat, we rest. Well, that's it for today. And I will see you in our podcast next week. Thank you for listening to Digging Out. Remember to like, comment. I love your comments. Share and subscribe. Let's dig out together. This podcast is sponsored by Let's Learn Hebrew and Skill Set the method that makes learning Hebrew fun, intuitive, and totally doable. To get started, click on the link below. You'll be so glad that you did. Now, I'll see you in the next podcast of Digging Out. This is Hadassah, signing out. Shalom, shalom.